Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined alongside Mike Gandolfo from 10 until noon today here on 1450 WXVW, talking all things in the world of sports. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Plenty to talk about today, Mike. I just wrapped up my knockout hour show, so my, my brain is somewhat thinking about mixed martial arts and boxing. and uh, So much of me has to remember that just yesterday, I watched a huge win for, for my Louisville Cardinals football team. Yeah, we actually talked about this on Friday. Would it be the biggest win, road win in, in Louisville, um, Louisville's history? And... Man, what a game. I mean, the game itself was amazing. The first half was kind of blah. You know, Louisville came and really controlled the first half. That second half was about as good of a second half of football as you're going to see. And you've got to give props to Reggie Bonifon, who I thought held his composure and really put his team, kept his team in a position to win. Even when they lost the lead in the second half, still came back with a whole bunch of composure, Ran the ball well, made smart decisions for the most part. I mean, he always, you know, he got sacked once for a big loss. It caused for John Wallace to miss a field goal, maybe. But overall, his performance was really, really strong, and uh, it was it was a different it was a different um, Louisville offense than we had seen from the standpoint that we didn't have like one guy play exceptionally well. It was more of a team effort on offense. I thought. Sure. So, what did you think as a U of L fan? Uh, you described it pretty well. It was a team effort. The team came out. You see Bobby Petrino afterward. He looked he looked very happy, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he has be. to. I mean, he I, should be. But listen, Reggie's line is not great. He was 8 for 21, which is not great passing-wise. But he ran for um, for 35 yards, and that's after you take away his sack. So he actually ran for a, a lot more than that. Um, he had the one pick at the end of the first half, which was really them just taking a chance. So it was a good. You could argue that was a good heady play, especially when you take into consideration it's a true freshman making it. They went, no, nothing came from it, right? You just throw it up and say maybe, maybe some, you, maybe Devontae gets it, maybe not. Maybe the ball gets batted around, and we catch a touchdown, as we saw does happen on occasion, and happened with no, Will Fuller in Notre Dame. Exactly. Yeah. You had a win where Devontae Parker was not the leading receiver as far as yardage goes. He had the most catches. But they really ran the ball well. 229 yards on the ground for Louisville. Um, and that was really s- between the three guys. Brandon Ratcliffe, if there was a star, was the star for an unbelievably great second half. I mean, just uh, controlled and, and ran the ball really well. Um, and I just, you know, I, as a Notre Dame fan, you know, I feel bad for, for the kicker, for Brisna, because you know, it's a senior night, and he that's how he's going to remember his senior nights. He missed that. Push that field goal wide right. Was the hold perfect? No. It wasn't a far field goal, though. He probably still should have hit it. Um, but when you want a second half of football that's entertaining, that that was it. You know, both teams going back and making plays, and uh, we had some controversy. You know, did the kid, the one time when uh, when Notre Dame was on that last drive, did the guy actually catch it, or was you know they got the playoff so they didn't get to review it? Um, it was just some interesting football. We had the. Uh, we had the situation where the U of L player blocked 
the Notre Dame guy into the guy who was fielding the punt. And it looked like there was going to be interference called on that play, but it wasn't. And I argue that there should have been because the guy finished the play on top of the, the receiver. And then they called a holding penalty on Notre Dame, which made them start like at the 15. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Louisville is good, though. I mean, I'm, this is a Kentucky fan right here that will tell you that I feel like Louisville has – and it's to me it started when Devontae Parker came back. They kind of found the, – they're starting to find their identity a little bit. And uh, and they're playing not typical by Petrino football. No, that's one thing I was going to say is it's certainly not typical. The the rushing game, whether it be from the quarter quarterback position or the the bevy of of running backs, was the storyline here. They outrushed Notre Dame two twenty nine to ninety nine. So that's the storyline. Bobby Petrino traditionally runs the ball. He does, but he doesn't have his quarterback running it. And it, this isn't exactly how those teams normally looked. Nonetheless. You're right. This is a good Louisville team. And if I would have told you that Dominic Brown would have been basically invisible this entire season, and Louisville would be run the ball very effectively, would you have, would you have thought that was even close to the case? I mean, Dominic Brown had one carry for four yards. He, he doesn't. He he barely gets a, a touch anymore. You know what I liked, and I, I I'm bringing up the official stat line here. Um, is that Dominic Brown recorded many special teams tackles yesterday? I'll, I'll bring it up here, but okay. he, he's he's going to play in the NFL. He, he's an athlete. He's a big guy. You're right. It is very interesting that that he hasn't been a, a part of this running back rotation. How surprised am I? Honestly, I I saw t- times last year where Dominique Brown would get the ball, stand straight up, kind of like I do when I was in high school, stand straight up instead of you know getting small, right? And he'd run, and he's a big target, and. He's not creating much for himself offensively. Um, so I'm not completely shocked that, that he's not playing a ton. But you're right. He, he's a senior. He's a somewhat local guy from the Cincinnati area. He's had a, a very successful career. And all of a sudden, how many carries did he get yesterday? One. One carry. One carry for four yards. And that's the, the direction things are going in. You're right. Well, no, one would have, no one without Brandon Radcliffe would have had the role he has on this team either. I mean, he's really... Isn't it funny? Preseason expectations compared to now. Remember how high everyone was on LJ Scott? Right. And he's disappeared. Yeah. I mean, he, he may be a good running back. Right. I mean, he's still a freshman. I mean, he's still, he's still a, long th- way a true freshman. But I remember I was on a, a, an interview in the Miami with Alex Dono. And on the, the sports radio station there, and I didn't mention I did not mention L.J. Scott among the guys who I expected to contribute this year for the Cards prior to that first game against Miami. And I had many people saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? What about L.J. Scott? Right? This guy's a, a, a beast." Yeah. Uh, well, so I left him out, but yeah, it, it, it's a now we also got to remember effort. that Louisville ran the ball really well against that depleted Notre Dame defense. Okay, Notre Dame's defense, eight starters out. The other, a lot of guys banged up on the Notre Dame defense. They kept on making that comment uh, during the show. And by the way, UofL fans, just to let you know, there was a lot of loyal fans that were upset at the commentating being pro-Notre Dame. That is a Notre Dame broadcast, okay? So they're supposed to be pro-Notre Dame. They, they wear little jackets that say Notre Dame on NBC. That is like watching... You know, Paul Rogers. It's supposed to. It is a Notre Dame broadcast. It's not an impartial national broadcast. Um, but Notre Dame's defense was depleted. Louisville took advantage. Uh, 
Reggie to me, what, what do you think about this comparison? Reggie to me kind of looked like Everett Golson when Everett was a freshman and just had to kind of manage that offense. And that led, you know, let that defense kind of lead Notre Dame to that national championship game against Alabama. Was there much difference between Everett Golson as a freshman and what Reg, what we saw out of Reggie Bonfin yesterday? No, in college you can get away. I mean, Reggie is a is he going to be the starter next year? I think is what turns into the question. Obviously, we have the rest of this year. In what bowl will the cards go to? To Orange Bowl still there to talk about Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl is a possibility. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's likely. No, it's not. We're going to open the phone lines though this morning. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We have a legitimate hat wearing Notre Dame fan in the studio today. Mike Gandolfo. Yes. As as he does every Sunday from ten till noon, and a Notre Dame fan who's tipping his hat to the Louisville, and and, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. He 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 pointed out that yes, it was a Notre Dame broadcast. However, he did admit this is a complete team. This Louisville team, although quarterback may not be their strength, it's not a typical Bobby Petrino offense. This is a good team. You've been watching Notre Dame all year. Where do they rank? Well, Notre Dame has obviously struggled. They're four straight losses now. Where, where do the cards rank among the Notre Dame's schedule thus far? You've watched every game. I have watched almost every game. Of course, Notre Dame's schedule coming out was supposed to be one of the best. I mean, obviously, the best team they played was Florida State so far, um, and that was an incredible game. And it's just amazing to me how that game really um, turned Notre Dame's season so much. That Florida State game. Um, I would, I'd say Stanford. Or Louisville's probably right there next. We got someone on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line? We, we do. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line right now where we have Daniel on the line. He has comments about the Notre Dame Louisville game. How are you doing, Daniel? Um, well, I'm great after, after last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad he missed the field goal because I wasn't too confident in our red zone offense. I don't know if we could have scored enough points to win in overtime. But would you all comment on the crowd, the Louisville crowd? You know, it, it, it was pretty amazing to me how loud they were. And when um, the guy missed the uh, field goal, you could hear the Louisville contingent erupt. I heard the CARDS chant. That was pretty cool. I definitely heard the CARDS chant, and I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I, I figured with how close it is, how um, – and I mentioned on our show Friday that it's not hard to get tickets to Notre Dame in November. So <laughs> – Oh, I don't. I guess we lost our. We call. lost Daniel. Thank you very but much for the call, there, Daniel. It, it's not hard to get Notre Dame tickets in November, so I was not surprised at all that there was probably, you know, the estimates I heard was anywhere from ten to twelve thousand Louisville fans there. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if that was the number. And uh, you know, when that's kind of the when you're a U of L football fan, that's kind of a trip of a lifetime, right? So you you take advantage, you go. Uh, the weather was a little drizzly, but it wasn't really for South Bend in November. Being in the mid forties was you know, like springtime, and, um, I, you know, I'm not surprised by the crowd one bit, you know? Yeah, there's reports that many of the people there who work for Notre Dame made comments like, man, I don't remember the last time there was a, a fan base who traveled here to Notre Dame in, in this way. I don't remember the last time it happened. That's four hours away. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, drive. It's it's... It's a trip that I think most people would take, and it was, you know, yesterday, not a whole lot going on. Anyway, Notre Dame's best team they played, Florida State. Arizona State, definitely the second best team they've played. And then Louisville and Stanford are probably tied for third, somewhere in that range. I'd say that's probably pretty uh, reasonable to where those teams match. So now we set up, though, to go to a UK L game next year, which the game time for the UK L game has been announced. Kelly, we, pre- we 
correctly predicted that that game is going to be at noon on ESPN2. The thing I'm shocked about is also at noon is the Georgia-Georgia Tech game on the SEC Network and the Clemson-South Carolina game on ESPN. So three of the ACC-SEC games are going to be happening at noon on Saturday. I, I know which one I'll be watching. Well, yes. No, obviously. Obviously. But, yeah, it is interesting that they waited to see Louisville beat Notre Dame. Then they said, okay, we'll give them the worst spot. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't right? know, I that, don't know that, what they that, waited that's for. That's pretty much what happened. what they wait for? Had they waited and then they said, okay, they now they, they got this big win, they got the positive momentum, we'll give them the, the 3.30 or 7.30 or whatever it is spot. That would have made a little more sense to me, but maybe our man Brian the Insider, who we have on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line, maybe he has a, a comment regarding the time slot for the final game of the season, the first time the Cards and Cats will face off as members of the ACC and SEC, respectively, on Rivalry Weekend. What do you think of that, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I think it's real interesting. I tell you what, I'm I'm consumed with this morning is uh, to see when the I think it's Tuesday when they come out with the ranking. Does Louisville get ahead of Clemson? You know, remember they were twenty. Clemson was twenty two. Louisville was twenty four. Clemson played a bad team and beat them. Uh, but that if Louisville can get ahead of Clemson, uh, that's going to make uh, really just the Georgia Tech. Georgia game, standing between, and obviously a Louisville victory against Kentucky, standing between the Orange Bowl, because it's going to take the second highest ranked team as long as Florida State gets in the in the playoff. I still think the Orange Bowl is a lot liver than you guys do. I think there's a real shot. I'd put it better than 50-50. But Louisville needs to come ahead of Clemson. Of course, Clemson's got to play the old ball coach Saturday, and they could lose that game against South Carolina. So, really interesting. But what a great, great win. Uh, Brandon Radcliffe, I don't think you can say enough about him. I think, uh, you know, Dyer looked good, and, and we talk, I heard you talking about Dominic Brown, but, I mean, clearly the best running back Louisville has is Brandon Radcliffe. He, he's faster, he's stronger. I mean, he just looks like a premier back. And uh, I thought Reggie played great. And, and I'll correct Mike, I think, I think the uh, attendance, according to the people on TV, the Louisville attendance was closer to 20 or 30. Louisville fans made it twenty thirty thousand. Well, thirty thousand would be almost half that stadium. So I, I, I had eighty thousand there, and yeah. when I looked at it on TV, I, it was it was red all over the stadium. And, and I'd love it if somebody could call in that was at the game. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, the guy the guy on the rate the TV, unless I'm heard it wrong, said he he estimated twenty to thirty. So I, I just know the uh, the number I heard was ten to twelve. So it was, you know, very well could have been closer to twenty. Well, my wife surprised. My wife corrected me right here, Mike. She's saying ten to twelve too. So maybe I heard it wrong. <laughs> I apologize. There you go. Let's just go. She's a UK fan, just like you, Mike. She's a UK fan, so she <laughs> maybe she got her UK goggles on. Let's just let's just go with the thirty thousand number. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Come on now. I'd be shocked if that was the number. But you know, fifteen is definitely not another question. I mean, I think that could have happened. You know. I'd, um, and that would have been still a great contingency. So, but yeah, I mean, there's not think it's going to happen with this poll. Well, you know what? I think South Carolina being Clemson is a real possibility, and um, you know if that happens. And uh, you know, there, there, you're right. There's not that much difference between Louisville and Clemson, and especially you. We got to mention that Nebraska went down yesterday, so that was the one team in front yeah. of Louisville. So at worst, they're going to be you know 22 and 23, or you know one spot apart from each other. Um, so we'll have to just kind of see what happens. Now, the other thing that you 
kind of overlooked. Georgia Tech's at 18. So I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah. So Georgia Tech being But they've got to go to Georgia. They, they do have to go to Georgia. Georgia and, and, but they also and have, they're going to have the ACC championship game. as well as anyone. They're going to have the ACC championship game. So what happens if they play Florida State close? Yeah, that's you true, know? too. They're going to be in that, though. Um, but I think there's a possibility. We'll know more. I think if Louisville gets by Clemson in this week's poll, that's going to shape things up very interestingly for uh, the Georgia Tech-Georgia game. But uh, I-, I was surprised with the 12 o'clock time on all those games. Uh, but uh, be very interesting. A lot will be settled by about four or five o'clock next Saturday. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great. I mean, next Saturday is probably the best football day of the year, right? And then, yeah, so, to your I point, to to Kelly's point, UK and U of L get to be a part of that Saturday. Exactly. That that's my they're argument be, for why I like them playing on rivalry Saturday. They're going to be a weekend. blip, a small blip in the radar, but they will be a part of it that day. But I mean. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, Kelly, I heard you talking about will Reggie be the starter next year. I thought Reggie, his stats, especially his passing stats, didn't look that great, but I thought he was brilliant. I thought some of the throws he had were, he had one in the first half where he was rolling. He threw a, I mean, he threw some beautiful passes. And of course, I, I, I don't remember, uh, LaForce was a good running quarterback, but he didn't have that 4-4 speed that Reggie has. I, I don't remember. Uh, a quarterback that has that blazing those two touchdowns he did it with ease he's a very dangerous running back and i've yet to see anyone get a real clean hit on him uh, that would uh, you know put him in danger of going out of game oh just it's just a huge huge game for him thanks a lot for calling brian um you know we go look at that next weekend it starts on friday the the pac-12 uh, is going to be decided on Friday. We have UCLA versus Stanford, and then Arizona, Arizona State on that Friday. All UCLA, Arizona State, and Arizona are all in contention to win their division in the Pac-12 and face Oregon for the national champ or for the Pac-12 championship. UCLA, Arizona State, and Arizona to me are all capable of beating Oregon. Would you agree with that, Kelly? Certainly seems, yeah. I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Pac-12. Then you've got uh, you still have Missouri and Arkansas. Now let's talk about Arkansas. God, they're hot. Arkansas. Oh, you know, we, we can't forget Thanksgiving night. Coach Strong takes on TCU. Could at Texas. What kind of win would that be for Coach, Coach Strong if they, he could if they can knock off TCU? It'd be huge. And I think they've got a shot at it, right? I mean, I don't think it's uh, they defensively you can stop TCU, slow TCU down, keep it close. Um. Arkansas destroying Ole Miss yesterday. Now, this show has been on the Arkansas bandwagon for how good they are for a while. I've repeatedly said that they're one of the top 30 teams in football, but their record's not going to show it because of who they got to play. They've played everybody in the West close, and then they just destroyed Ole Miss yesterday, 30 to nothing. They knock off Missouri. Uh, that That's going to cause a, a log jam in the SEC East, which would get, I think Georgia would actually win the tiebreaker. If Missouri wins, Missouri's going to be the SEC East champ. So all that stuff happens on Friday. And then we get into Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You know, always, even though Michigan sucks, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, we're going to have Georgia, Georgia Tech. Um, what, South Carolina, Clemson. South Carolina, Clemson. Minnesota, Wisconsin will be a top 25 matchup. Notre Dame, USC. Uh, what I mean, and then Kentucky and Louisville. I mean, it's just an unbelievable day of football on that Saturday. I mean, and to cap off and prepare for the inaugural fourteen playoff, I, I think you got to say as a whole, college football is thriving right now. Um, 
I don't see a scenario where a team like Ohio State gets left out and, and the majority of fans walk away and say, oh, that 14 playoff was worthless. It didn't help us. Well, because- we've been talking about that for a while. So we had that that line in this. To me, you would you agree right now, barring any kind of loss setback, Alabama, Oregon, and Florida State are in, right? Yeah. So then that gives that fourth spot between Mississippi State, TCU, Ohio State, and Baylor. Ironically enough, Ohio State is the only, if Alabama wins out, Ohio State's the only one of those three four teams that will play in a conference championship game. Okay. Because there is no conference championship in the Big Twelve. And then Mississippi State finishing second in the West would not play in the conference championship game. I mean, would that be factored in then to where, you know, to give Ohio State a little extra a little extra boost, you know? Could be. They they, they could end up in there. And then Baylor though would even though they don't have a conference championship game, they still play Kansas State, which would probably be, to me, a better opponent than whoever Ohio State would play in the uh, either Wisconsin or Minnesota in the Big Ten championship game. So I don't know. I mean, Baylor could win the Big Ten. Is Wisconsin has weapons. They do. They do. Well, I mean, hey, how about that? You know, two weeks or last week, the Wisconsin kid broke the single game rushing That's right. 408 yards, and then he got broken la- this week with some kid with 427 yards. I mean, that is just insane. But Baylor could win the Big 12 and watch TCU play in the playoff as a non-conference champion. Yeah. I mean, this is this is shaking up where it's going to be a very controversial fourth pick, I think, no matter who they take. Controversial, yet everyone will have a loss. Yes, everyone you know, we can have a case for or against Florida them. State doesn't lose. Everybody hates them, thinks they, they're, they're dumpy. They're still going to be one of those four teams. And I would I still have to argue that if Mississippi State has one loss, and their one loss is to a team that their only loss is to one of the teams that's in a playoff, I would say Mississippi State deserves it because they obviously got the best loss. Mm-hmm. So that's that would be my, my argument for that. Florida State, though, famous Jameis. Gosh. Controversy again. What do you think about that, Kelly? If there are people who don't know what we're talking about, when the game is still in doubt, was the game 17-17 at this point, I think? I believe so. Famous Jameis, the Florida the rule is Florida State supposedly subbed in a tailback. You cannot sub in an offensive player and go quick huddle without giving the defense a chance to adjust if they need to make a sub or whatever else. So when Florida State makes their sub, the referee correctly stands over the ball, not allowing the the snap so that the defense can make their last-minute substitution as well to make the adjustment. Jameis... The play that was called was a was a fast tempo play. Jameis steps up to the line, tries to nudge the referee out of the way, and then to me blatantly pushes the referee. Now he didn't extend his arms. He didn't he, hurt him. He I mean, definitely it, it was, he didn't knock him down. It was a we're men, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. You're kind of in my way. I'm yeah. just gonna slightly nudge past you. Right? T- yes. He, he wasn't trying to knock the guy down. No, absolutely not. I would agree with that. But the referee doesn't flag him, gets out of the way, and lets Jameis run his play. Now part of me thinks it's okay. Wait a minute. No, no, no. You can. I don't care. There's never a reason why a guy should be putting his hands on a referee. Well, then why didn't flag. the ref just stop it right then? I, I'm, I don't know. Every referee that, you know how they have those referees that watch the game and give their two cents? Every referee that they interviewed not only thought that he should have gotten flagged, but he should have gotten tossed. It is very interesting. <laughs> and then Jimbo Fisher just you know enables him some more 
in the uh, in the post game press conference, being like, "Oh, you didn't see him. You know, he was back, was turning to the official. And then we turned around, the guy was there, so he just turned him away." And I could see that with the first touch, but the second touch. What, no. do, you, what do you think Jameis was saying to him? Uh, get out of get my the, way. Get the f out of my way, or you know, you know, who knows? So was that? Why was he trying to stop it? Who? Why was who trying to stop it? The ref. The allow. Um, Boston College to make a defensive substitution because Florida State made an offensive substitution. Okay. So obviously you're going to have a different defensive package depending on what the offensive personnel is on the on the field, right? Well, was was is it, was that warranted for him to stop it? Yes, I mean that's the rule. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. You have any comments or you, you, feelings about Jameis Winston and his crab legs or BB gun or rape allegations or this or any of the other topics we've talked about this morning, please give us a call once again, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to our first break. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back, Weekend Sports Brothers. Kelly Patrick, Mike Gandolfo here, breaking down the college football action. This show is brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence. Make sure you give Brand J. Lawrence a call if you have any personal uh, attorney, personal, personal injury attorney needs. You can also always find us on LiveSportsCaster.com. And we encourage you to go check out KentuckySports.co for all of your um, sports information, especially local stuff. They do a great job of being non-partial. Uh, even John Hancock, who is the biggest U of L fan I know, still writes you know good things for UK every once in a while. Shane Stovall doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, Shane and John they do work very hard. Matt McCarthy, KentuckySports.co. For those of you who follow the station, uh, a very integral part of the station. Absolutely, in the, the content goes over, and we sh- we share our content on to fourteen fifty the sportsbuzz dot com. So we've loved our partnership that we've had with them over the years, and. It's it's a great way to keep up to speed on all things local. Really, it's it's a, a news outlet to an extent. We're the voice of that, and then I would say that they're the face of it. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're gonna break down a little bit about the college football playoff. I just wanna I wanna I just wanna put it out where the these seven teams are that are in the running, and the scenarios that could erupt. Okay, so we have Alabama, who's right now number one. Uh, you know, looked okay yesterday. They handled a West Carolina team who was obviously not up to spar, but they now they go play Auburn. All right, definitely a game they could lose. Right, they lost Auburn last year. Auburn's a losable game. God, that game that was last year, right? The kickoff, the kickoff, yeah, for the the field goal kickoff or field goal return, field goal return, not kickoff, yeah. field goal return. God, I was watching that live. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So there's a chance they lose that game, and then they have an SEC championship game against Missouri or Georgia. And listen, if they if it's Georgia. And they've got to have an SEC championship game in Atlanta. That's a losable game. Would you agree? I don't sure. think they lose to Missouri. Certainly losable. Uh, SEC is... SEC East, though, is still... I mean, Arkansas might have won the SEC East. The worst team in the SEC West might have won the SEC East. True. Okay. 
Uh, and, you know, so that's a very unbiased uh, SEC opinion right there. So um, Oregon at Oregon State should be no problem for Oregon. But then they've got this Pac-12 championship game. Again, we've already talked, touched on it, where it's either Arizona, Arizona State, or UCLA. Any one of those teams could knock off Oregon, and no, no doubt about it. Uh, and I think Arizona State and UCLA would have the best chance of knocking them off. UCLA starting to play really well and have a chance to, to knock off Oregon and become the Pac-12 champion. Florida State, I think they could lose to Florida. Then they had the ACC game against Georgia Tech, which I, you know, possible, but I, I think that Florida State's more than likely going to finish the season undefeated. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss coming off that terrible loss against against Arkansas where they just didn't show up. It's going to be very interesting to see if Mississippi State wins, Alabama loses, and then Mississippi State gets the SEC championship game. TCU's got that game against Texas, which I think is a huge trap game. Then they have to play Iowa State, which they should handle no problem. Iowa State is terrible. And then Ohio State plays a robbery game against Michigan, so you always have to be uh, you know, leery of that game. But Ohio State's starting to come, definitely starting to come together. And then they got the Big Ten Championship game against either Wisconsin or Minnesota. And then finally we got Baylor, who's in the driver's seat to win the Big 12. They finish up with Texas Tech and Kansas State. So there's your rundown. It's still possible to me that everyone ends up with two losses except for Florida State. Florida State not getting a lot of love right now, Kel. No, they're not. And it mainly comes down that they don't. Stylistically, the way they're winning is they're having to come back every game, which is bizarre. Well, they, they play a terrible first half and then an awesome second half. And they really don't have a quality win. Like a quality, quality win. They had, you know, they... Beat Georgia Tech. I, I'm get, well. I don't know even though they played Georgia Tech. They're in the different division. They beat Louisville. Obviously, they've beaten Clemson. They don't have like that just unbelievable statement win where they went in there, took control of the complete game, and 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 won big. Here's the argument I would make. So people say we don't know how good Florida State is. They're the reigning national champion, right? They have not lost yet. On the on the basketball side of things. Is there any doubt that Kentucky right now is the best team in the country in basketball? Not to me. Especially because we had that game against Kansas that shows how dominant Kentucky was. against Neutral the top four. Five team. Neutral, Neutral four, top five team. Kentucky wins by 32 or whatever it was. If we didn't have that Kansas game, though, there would not be much different between Kentucky basketball being looking lackluster in first halves against just terrible opponents and then having a decent second half and winning games by you know nineteen to twenty points, the way they did against Buffalo, the way they did against Boston University Friday night, you know didn't look great in the first half. Boston University was right there the entire game, and then they turned it on and they and they win by twenty. But they don't they haven't looked great. If we didn't have that Kansas game, you would could say that the Kentucky would be the equivalent of Florida State right now in football. We just don't know how they good they are. Or you could say that Muhammad Ali played rope a dope through many of his fights. And it was at the end that he came through and won. Now, so if you're just judging half the fight, you got to look at the entirety of the situation. Are you and I both arguing for Florida State's case? I think Florida State definitely is going to get in. I mean, they I should mean, get obviously, in. they're undefeated defending But champion. should they be number one? I think so. They haven't lost. They haven't lost. And to me, now we're going to have to just see if they can put two quality games. Well, actually, I'll throw in the ACC championship game. They're going to have to put three quality games where they play both halves of football back to back to back. And we're just going to see if they can do it. We got a caller? We do. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man, the Truth, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Truth? Hey, 
But how you do this? I'm gonna tell you something. If I'm an NFL scout, the first running back I'm gonna pick is Kevin Cole. IU looked really good against Ohio State. They had him. They had him sweating for a long time. I mean, they, Ohio State pulls that game out, but on the road, IU looked good. Listen to this. This man almost got two thousand yards rushing over a, a messed up line. Think if you put him on Florida, even on Florida team or Florida State, he wins the Heisman Trophy easy. Well, he definitely definitely played well. Truth, there's no doubt about it. And then your Hoosier basketball team four zero. Uh, well, I got a lot of improvement doing on defense because we've been exposed inside. I got to found some ways to make somebody put on some high heel shoes and get about six ten. <laughs> there you go. Well, they'll 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 be all right. They'll get you know they hopefully they'll be able to get some height coming in there soon. And uh, but uh, you know it's going to be tough for them underneath the basket for sure this year. You know, son, I wish they stopped. Uh, you know, I heard that they put Yogi Ferrell on the John Wooden Award. James Blackman's the best player on the team. Down easy. It's no question about it. Only way, as far as James Blackman, is going to take Indiana this year. I, I would totally agree. James Blackman is the best player on the team. Do you think Tom Crean is the coach in Indiana next year? Uh, yes. Okay, we got to vote for yes. The truth is putting his confidence into Tom Crean. This will be the first year where Tom Cream probably does not get a McDonald's All-American as a recruit. Uh, is that showing? You think the recruits that you know that is Tom Cream losing a little bit in the uh, in the recruiting world? Well, we still got the summertime going on. You still well, you got, but not for this year. Not the year. Uh, you know, he's probably going to not have a, one coming as a freshman next year, unless they can find a way to get back in on Swain again, which is still a long shot. Listen, this anything can happen for the soccer. Tom Creek doing a good. Uh, we got a young team, and we, I like the players we got now. I still think we can go to Final Four this in 2015. There we go. True, a true believer in his team. You got to love it. I'm going to be real interested to see. We got. I I think uh, Indiana's got a good chance of going into that game at Madison Square Garden against Louisville with either undefeated or one loss which would be an amazing matchup. And you know what? That's a great matchup for IU. Yeah. Because Louisville's not dominant down low with outside of Montrezl Harrell. Yeah. If IU can somehow neutralize Montrezl Harrell and shoot the hell out of it from three-point range. Sure. I mean, it's a possible deal. You know? I mean, if I, it's a much better matchup for, uh, for them from anyone else in the top ten in college basketball. So, uh, good luck to IU. Football, we got, I think we're going right back to the buzz line. Carolina Steve is on the line. We got Carolina Steve? We do. Carolina Steve, how are you doing this morning? Well, last week it was a bummer weekend. This weekend is a great, great weekend. The Pirates won, and Justin Hardy broke the record for most receptions in a career. He now has 355. That passed the... Uh, leader by five. They, uh, I watched yesterday, it wasn't on the regular games, but there's a, on my television, there's a channel from uh, ESPN where they break into games and show it, and they broke in and showed, uh, showed his reception and everything. And Clemson, on Military Appreciation Day, won. The reason I like that, my favorite, second favorite walk-on 
Justin Hardy being my first. Daniel Rodriguez played in that game yesterday. And they wore, uh, Clemson wore purple uniforms. And I didn't know why they were wearing them until I, I, uh, I do uh, on the internet a bunch of uh, Clemson sites. It is to honor the Purple Heart winners from the military. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Let me ask you this. Yeah, and then, uh, then I got to see Alabama flip up on the West Carolina boys from Coleman, uh, the Western Carolina Catamounts. And uh, I didn't realize it, but did you know the head coach at Western Carolina was on the coaching staff from Appalachian that went to the big house and beat Michigan? Did not know that. I couldn't even tell you who the head coach of West Carolina was, to be honest with you, Truth. I read Carolina. Hey, Carolina, let me ask you this. What do you think about the South Carolina-Clemson game next uh, coming up on uh, Saturday? Well, I played for South Carolina and a fool for Clemson. Well, here's the thing. I think Clemson's going to win because it's going to be at Death Valley. That is one of the toughest places to win in college football. Ask the, uh, the Cardinals about that. They went to Notre Dame and won, but they couldn't win in Death Valley. That, that's a good point right there. And then uh, what do you think about, from an NFL perspective, who would you take, Justin Hardy or Devontae Parker? I would probably take Parker for his breakaway speed, but for hands and pass catching, I would definitely have to have uh, Hardy on there. And I'm kind of uh, ticked off the, Cur- the Courier-Journal had about the guy breaking the rushing record but they had nothing about Hardy breaking the receiving record. And that, to me, that is a, a downright insult to Hardy and to the East Carolina program because here's a guy, this is a guy who walked on at East Carolina. He was a quarterback. He graduated last year and is back as a graduate student. And uh, I have a feeling he'll show his uh, talents. He's going to play in the Senior Bowl this year. And so he'll have a, a distinct advantage. Shane Carden, his quarterback, is also going to play there. But one game I'm really, really pulling for a team in the state of Kentucky next week is the Marshall-Western uh, Kentucky game. And I'm pulling for Western Kentucky because I want to see Marshall get beat. And if they get beat, there's a chance East Carolina may go as that uh, to the gang of five as the best team in the gang of five. So uh, I don't know. They, uh, it, it's going it's to be interesting. So I'm pulling for Coach Brom and uh, uh, Hilltoppers to beat uh, Marshall. And y'all have a good day. I'll, we'll talk to you next week. Should be some good football to discuss. You got a, a whole bunch of rivalry games, the Iron Bowl. You got the bowl. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call the bowl being played at uh, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium between uh, the, the Governor's Cup. Cats and the Cardinals. Just the Governor's but Cup. That, that ought to be a good one, and hopefully we can keep on winning out at, uh, at Clemson and at uh, East Carolina and get some good bowls. Will y'all have a good day? Enjoy the NFL today. I'm, a, I'm assuming Carolina's going to be cheering for Kentucky next weekend to help Clemson out uh, to get an Orange Bowl bid. That's the only thing I would think. It'll be tough, in my opinion, for the Cards to jump Clemson, who beat them, right? Yes. I mean, but that was also a home game, so, you know, I, who knows? I mean, uh, not unprecedented because TCU is ahead of Baylor. 
Baylor beat TCU. So, you know, I just don't know if uh, – I don't know. It, it, to me, the Georgia Tech, if Georgia Tech beats Georgia somehow, and then that to me would lock them in as the second ACC team, no matter what happened in the ACC championship game. Um, but there's a ton of football left. I mean, and it, there's so much up in the air right now. I'm, I'm going to be real. I really kind of hope that we get to a point where a two-loss team gets in the fold. Because if we have a two-loss two team that somehow gets into the fold, then we're going to have all kinds of debate of what, ha- what should have happened. And then there comes the Marshall debate. We have a caller? We do. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon and his dedicated team. He's the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville, and he, he hosts his shows every Tuesday from 7 till 9 p.m. here on 1450. We appreciate every, appreciate everything you do for us, Brandon. We're going to head to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line, which is 502-384-1450. We have Frank on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Frank? My man, Frank. What's going on, Frank? Hi, uh, gentlemen. I just want to say this. Uh, when you ask, uh, you know, and this is a question people had about uh, Patino about two or three years ago. People wanted to get rid of uh, Patino, and, there, and then the question came up, okay, who do you replace him with? Um, when it comes to Tom Crean, I've always hated Tom Crean. Um, the Har- it seems like the Harbaugh brothers and the Creens all have the same garbagey attitude. And I don't and I think after a while that kind of smarmy nature just wears on parents. Who wants to send their kids to somebody who, who, who pretty much acts that way? I I just always hated his attitude and I think that's the reason why he's never done very, very good in recruiting. Even when he had great years up in Marquette he never brought in better than three and four star players. Well, I mean, he's done pretty good. I use he has he had McDonald's All American every year. He's been there for the last four years. Um, but that's on rep, that's on reputation, though. Now he has, you know, it's, it's like anything else. At first, when you're back, it's on reputation. But after a while, it starts to become your track record. Well, it's also so I think that with the exception of Vonley, it's also uh, been a local kid. I mean, then I think that's also something else that's kind of got to be thrown out there. Vonley was the only one that he got outside the state of Indiana. So. <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, but oh. as far as who do you, who would you replace him with? Because that's that's what we've been arguing on this show probably for the last two weeks, right, Kelly? If you get rid of Crean, who would you go get? Well, yeah, and, and I, it, it, honestly, you know, people said that UFL basketball was, was dead a long time ago. I, I really, this is the thing. I grew up in Kentucky. I loved Big Ten basketball, hated Big Ten football, and I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in the playoff system at all after getting beat by ATC bottom feeder. But, you know, having said that, you know, I do wish that Indiana does well, but I can't wish that they do well with a person like Green <laughs> running their program. So that, that, that's, that's pretty much what I have to say about Indiana. Interesting that's that a you, horrible person, if you ask me. Interesting that, you know, Green and the Harbaugh's are obviously in the same family. Cause yeah, that has to be why, yeah. why you're drawing the, the <laughs> parallel between the two of them, right, Frank? Yeah. So. His wife must be very mean too. So, <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Public opinion does not think very highly of Tom Crean. His his mannerisms, the way he handled. Who was it that they played last year, Mike? Where there was an assistant coach on the opposing team who was on Kelvin Sampson's staff at Indiana, and Crean just really made an ass out of himself by belittling him and just. Who was that, Mike? Oh, I can't remember. Frank, remember. do you remember what I'm talking about? I remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember who the team was. Do you remember when he cut down the nets even though they lost the game? Yeah, that I mean, was ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't seem to be winning a ton of friends. Um, and since he lost Kenny Johnson, where's his recruiting went? Well, Kenny Johnson, again, that can't be overstated at all. Kenny Johnson is one is probably the best recruiter in the country. Really? And, yeah. And it just... Uh, Cal's the best recruiter in the country. Yeah, but you also got to remember that the Cal's assistants put in a lot of that legwork, and then Cal comes in and kind of seals the deal. That's the way it usually works in most of these places. Rick doesn't like to do a lot of that stuff that Kenny's, that Kenny's willing to do. So if you had to choose one guy to as a recruiter going forward... I would take Kenny Johnson. Over Cal. You're, but you're not talking about the you're not talking about apples and apples. No, we're not. But I'm just saying, Cal. I mean, if I'm taking an assistant, okay, an assistant. Yeah, I'm taking Kenny Johnson. Okay, Frank. Anything else you got for us before we let you go? Hey, gentlemen, I'm in a bad area, so happy holidays to all of you, even the UK fans out there as well. He was wishing me a happy holidays. Thank, thank you, thank you very much for the call, <laughs> Kevin. We look forward to. I'm sorry, Frank. We Frank, look, yeah. for, look forward to hearing from you soon. Good stuff there, and he brings up an interesting point. On our shows here on 1450 WXVW, we are located in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Indiana historically has had a second-to-none basketball tradition. The Hoosiers are college basketball. They're high school basketball. They're definitely high school basketball. That's, that's where it's at. That's where the recruiting base is. That's where so many of these great players come from. And... They have just really fallen off. The Kelvin Sampson thing set him back. Mike Davis? Mike Davis set him back, even though he made a, a, a fancy run after Bobby Knight. He had the one year. I mean, yeah. That was, was, that two, was that 2001, 2002? They Sounds lost right. to Maryland. Um, but Frank brings up some interesting points there. He, you know, uh, people always use the, the comparison or analogy that if you're going to be Dennis Rodman... And you're going to have red or purple, yellow hair out there. You better bring it. You better, you know, you better play really well. If you have a down year or a down game, people are going to jump right off that bandwagon. So you, you can say a similar type thing about maybe the Harbaugh's or or Tom Crean. When when you're losing, I mean, people are willing to stick with you. Is Tom Crean that type of guy, Mike? I don't mean to put you on the spot. You've had more dealings with him than I have. Yeah, I mean, well, what's his reputation? He's the, he's kind of an odd guy. Yeah, <laughs> he seems odd. I just, uh, I mean, I think uh, nice guy. Is he nice guy? When you're, yeah, you know, when you're, you know, I don't think you can judge these guys of how they act on the court or in the throws. I of- don't either. I don't think you can judge Eli Manning's. Uh, body language on the sideline necessarily, or even um, Jay Cutler. You know, people get into that. They get into, well, he looks this way, he looks that way. The reality is that does impact the public's perception of the person. Well, that's all they see. Yeah, is it reality? I don't know. And uh, he's just a little quirky. And he's a guy, though, his basketball mind is always working. So like, if we're in an event... He'll think about boxing someone out. Well, no, it's, but he'll be X and O and all the time. It's not. He'll have paper where he's drawing up stuff. That he'll see, you know, something on, on the floor that he really likes, and he'll he'll develop a play around that. And he's always thinking X and O's, um, which I think would surprise a lot of IU fans. But he is uh, he's the one guy that's more most likely to like always have a pad of paper and drawing stuff out out of all those um, out of all those coaches. So. You think he's a better fit for a smaller school? Well, I mean, I don't. I guess so. I mean, I, you know, I mean, like a Marquette. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he's. 
I don't know. He he definitely is a guy that to me could be a good Division One head coach at IU if he had the players. To me, this is a man, mismanagement of roster. That's what they're dealing with. They don't have any size. So. The first hour of the weekend sports buzz is about in the books. What do we have to look forward to in the second hour, Mike? Well, I mean, we'll, there's so much stuff we don't get to. We get to talking, we get to phone calls. We'll have to touch on UK and U of L basketball just a little bit because it is basketball season, right? We'll have to. We're gonna have to start talking UK and U of L football, though. Isn't it funny how we tiptoe around that? Like we don't want to be that guy who only talks college basketball right now. Well, right now there's too much to talk about in college football. There right? really is. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that we uh, ignore college football. And of course, we got to make our NFL picks. Got to make our NFL picks. And then we'll, uh, so we're going to be. Manny Pacquiao fought last night. I didn't know that. So he did. He, it was in China. Yeah. He At the he... Vegas in China place, whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. Macau. So we'll, uh, we got tons to talk about, and we want to trick callers. Give them the line, the 3 4 14, 50, Call us in. Be a part of the show. We're going to be talking. Let's break down that UK UFL football when we come back on the other side of the break. Be sure to stay tuned to the weekend sports buzz. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly Patrick alongside my man, Mike Gandolfo. Every Sunday from 10 till noon here on 1450 WXVW, talking all things in the world of sports. Ashley Miller, two-week hiatus, is on vacation this week. We'll be sure to get her picks in. Have we gotten her picks sent in yet? Uh, I don't think so. I definitely I tweeted her out, and I haven't heard back from her yet. So we'll set to see if she if she joins the. Uh, she had a bad week. We all had a bad weeks last week. We don't even want to talk about last week. Let's just do that. We're going to write last week off. But uh, you know, it was a lot of upsets last week in the NFL. But this week, you know, we'll get back on it and start uh, start making our picks, and then we'll uh, we'll go from uh, we'll go from there. But, you, made, you made a couple interesting observations to me during the break. Yeah, we got some local games. So the lo- NFL schedule for today. The NFL the, locally, the one o'clock games we're going to show. Detroit, New England's going to be on Fox. Probably the best one. Actually, there's no doubt about it. That's the best one o'clock game out there from a national perspective. For yeah, sure. now, d- not the closest point spread. Surprisingly to me, New England's a seven and a half point favorite in that game. Can you believe that? <sighs> Detroit. I can believe it. Whew, that's a that's a big number against Detroit. It is, but. Who do you honestly think is going to win? Well, I think New England's going to win. Okay, do you think it's going to be by three points? I, I just I, I think it's I, less I, than a, the spread should be less than a touchdown. To me, that shows you that the Las Vegas thinks that New England's winning this game like eighty-five to ninety percent of the way. Yeah, and I just uh, that's a big number. I can see that this is the time of year where the the people who are the teams who are authentic and are legitimate contenders stand up. Well, and New England might be the is probably quietly becoming the best team in the AFC, right? Passing league, you got Tom Brady versus Drew Stanton. I mean, who the hell are you going to pick? Yeah, five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We're going to make our NFL picks. We're going to break down some of the action today. Absolutely. What else do we have on that? So on the, you want to go docket? back to the, the the controversy? I guess is that so Fox is taking. Oh yes, Detroit. wait, sorry, I, I didn't I didn't mean to sabotage. Kelly you. has ADD. I do, <laughs> I do. So okay with Detroit that. and uh, New England. Uh, is the Fox game we're showing? Little surprised, I guess, that they're not showing Green Bay and Minnesota. You know, here locally, 
I mean, from what I understand, our local channel gets to decide which one of the Fox games they're going to show. Green Bay's obviously, I think, always got a good national following. There's a lot of Green Bay Packer fans here, but Teddy Bridgewater going up against it for Minnesota. I'm a little little surprised that Green Bay Minnesota is not uh, the game we chose, but Detroit New England definitely has a whole lot more meaning. And then uh, it has to be why they chose it. Jacksonville CBS chose Jacksonville at Indy. Which to me is a much worse game than taking but, Cincinnati at Houston. So yeah. there, I guess CBS the thirty-two here says, "Hey, Bengal fans, there's more Colts fans here than Bengals fans." That's the only thing that game can mean to me is that the CBS feels like there's more Colts fans in our market than there are Bengals. Fans. I'm a Bengals fan, but yeah, I think you think there is. I think so. <clears throat> Man, yeah, I think it's pretty close though. I think it's close, but I I I would give the edge to the Colts because that's a terrible game. Jacksonville at Indianapolis is a terrible game compared to Cincinnati at Houston. Jacksonville tied for the worst record in the NFL, I think. Well, now that Oakland gets a big win over KC on yeah. uh, Thursday, how about that? You know, that's the ultimate example of why the NFL thrives is parity. Yeah, I mean, KC beats Seattle and then loses to Oakland in back-to-back games. Then that would happen. Yep. So that's that's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. And then we got, of course, we're going to have the uh, Jets and Buffalo played in Detroit on Monday night now because of the unbelievable amount of snow that happened uh, in the Buffalo area, uh, causing that women's basketball team. Did you see this, the women's basketball team? I did not. Niagara was stranded on a bus on the expressway. For how long? For more than 24 hours. Jeez. That would be horrible. It would be unreal how awful that would be. So uh, just crazy things going on in buffalo with you know six feet of snow and stuff like that but not here it's a beautiful spring-like day here in the bluegrass in southern indiana and we are day one looking forward to uk uofl football kelly i gotta ask you as a little fan are you a little nervous about this game sure rivalry games always make me feel some emotion going into it and when you have you're the team who's favored to win yeah, you're always going to be nervous, right? We I don't care how bad Kentucky was or anything. If we're playing in basketball, Billy Gillespie's worst year, you know, it doesn't matter. You're going to be nervous when you play against your rival. At least I am. Well, that was a good point there, actually. There were some times when I thought Louisville basketball was a lot better than the Billy Gillespie team. Oh, because... historically, they're a better program. Uh, <laughs> wow. No, yeah, I'm, I I'm, go I'm, there. Just, I'm just kidding. But anyway, the um, but there was those games ended up being a lot closer than uh, than. Expect it, you know, and how? And I think from the standpoint of how bad Mark Stoops needs this game to go well, as a Kentucky fan, to not totally become relevant in the off season to what's going to be a just a unbelievable train ride of of basketball. Um, he needs this game to at least be close, and I don't know how he. Uh, how he communicates that to his accountant? His accountant? No, he's going to get another contract extension if we're winning at halftime. Um, how he's going to get his uh, communicate that to his players? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not sure how that's all going to go down. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a way Kentucky wins this game. Like I've said in the past, the way they've been playing the last five weeks, Louisville's a better team than Tennessee. Louisville, to me, is probably. Very similar to a Missouri, probably a little bit better. And both those teams hand, handled Kentucky pretty easily. You know, uh, 
You, is that a fair comparison? Sounds about right, yeah. I, I, I would say so. What are you looking at for from a Louisville fan's perspective? What are you looking for in this game? You want me to be honest? Yes. A blowout. I want Bobby Petrino to run the score up on Kentucky. Well, that, okay, that's fair. I mean, I think five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Let us know. Why what you do you think. feel that way, Kel? I don't know. I just love. What do I love about having Bobby Petrino back on our sidelines? Is his competitiveness, his intensity. You don't want a stagnant coach. No. Marvin Lewis has the Bengals heading in a good direction. He seems a little too stagnant. He seems a little too, a little too Tubby Smith, a little too Dusty Baker. I like the fire inside of Bobby, and that that indicates to Have me. Have we seen that though this year? Really? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not his team, so it's a different version of it. But you see it during the game when he's just ripping. Um, what was it that happened? We hit someone on a fair catch for a punt. Well, and you just yeah. It was this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The the penalty that wasn't. That was not called against Louisville. It, and it, might, it was a very iffy whether it would have been. Re- regardless, you yeah. saw Bobby just rip into his player. I it, thought he was ripping into the official. No, I, it may be a different play. Okay. But, but yeah, I see the fire. I think it's there. I believe it's there. This is the same old Bobby, o- over-the-top competitive. He's got that Michael Jordan or whoever it is. Anybody who's just over-the-top, super competitive. I want Bobby Petrino. And I know it sounds, does this sound shallow of me? I want him to beat the hell out of Kentucky, and I think he wants it too. I don't think he wants to win a game that is, you know, you're knee- taking a knee and stuff like that. I think he wants to beat the hell out of his rival. Okay. What do you think of my statement? Um, you know, I don't think you want to do that, given where Louisville is in the with the potential of getting someone hurt. Mm-mm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to put your team in a situation where uh, things get chippy, I guess, at the end and. Uh, you know, you got a, a Devontae Parker or a Michael Dyer or no? You don't want to do that. You want to you want to do the ultimate form of humiliation. Put in the backups and continue to run it up. <laughs> and if that happens, that's Kentucky's fault. Yeah, it, it probably won't happen. But I don't know. What are you looking for from the game? It's it's just next Saturday. I, I mean, again, the same thing I've been saying. I want the whole time. I want this Kentucky team to compete for four, for the full sixty minutes for four quarters to go out there and look like they're interested in playing football because I don't think that's necessarily happened um, on both sides of the football, uh, with the exception of Mississippi State, the last five weeks. You know, I um, they need to go out there and look like. We've either, they've either had a good game on offense or a good game on defense. And I want to see a, a, them put together a complete game where they compete the entire time. And if it's not good enough, Louisville still wins. I can live with that. But I can't live with um, the same old – to me it's a big – it's a big uh, – what what's the word I'm looking for? Indicator of where the, what he, direction the program is headed by whether or not Kentucky – Finishes this game out strong, and um, and you know, and I, it could be where Kentucky puts out their best effort, and Louisville puts out a really good effort too, and Louisville still wins. Like I said, I'd be okay with that. I'm not okay with them finishing the way they did against Georgia, or the way they did against Tennessee, or even the way they did against Missouri. You know, I want to see a little more fire and a little more, just like you said, you want the competitiveness from Louisville, right? Yeah, that's what I want to see. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm being a poor sport, 
But if I'm being honest, I, I don't want to hurt the other people. I don't want to kill them. You know? No, but you want... I'd like to see... If, I, if I'm going to watch two people wrestle, I want them to give it their all. If I'm going to watch two people race, you know, I want them to go out there and bust their ass. And I, Yeah, I mean, and just like if Louisville plays the best they can play, they should beat Kentucky by more than three touchdowns. Probably. You yeah. Know? And if... Uh, if they're getting the ball in the hands of... Devontae Parker, some very questionable coaching calls yesterday that Petrino has taken some criticism from. Yeah, you know what? I've, this guy has probably been gone down before he came back as one of the best play callers in football. And there's been more little uh, barking about play calling this year than I can ever remember against a Petrino. When you have a big play, arguably the biggest play of the game, and you don't even have Devontae Parker in the game... You're setting yourself up to be criticized, right? I don't know what, but we don't know what's going on in the sidelines. No, we don't. No, we don't know everything. You're right, but I'm not saying that I, I would ever second guess Bobby Petrino's calling a, of an offensive play. I wouldn't. I got literally got texts yesterday from U of L fans in the middle of Notre Dame game talking about how bad the play calling is. Yeah, and it just surprises me. That's my thing about the play calling. Um, what's his name? Gary Nord got to talk. Have had the chance to talk to him a few times over the years. Cool guy, interesting. I mean, just laid back as it all comes out. You know, just a really good guy. Where was he, the offensive coordinator, most recently at Purdue? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe it was Purdue. But, and I knew it going into the conversation with him when I talked to. I mean, you're an offensive coordinator. You're calling the plays. That's the worst job ever. If you're gonna, if you have thin skin, right? If you're gonna have, I mean. You you call one play, it's a fake punt. You call this, you call that. <laughs> if it works, you're a genius, no matter what the play call is, right? Right. If it doesn't work, you might get criticized. You're, you're going to get criticized. You're going to get criticized. If your team's on the landscape at all, if you're not getting criticized, it's almost worse not to get criticized and get criticized because that means people don't care. Yeah. True? True. So, you know... It's you. It is very thankless, and you know we have Monday Monday morning quarterbacks here that always feel like we have a a right to an opinion, and that's why these shows even exist in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I'm not complaining. I mean, that's yeah. why we get to do this every Sunday. I'm on the air for three hours on AM radio. I love it. Um, that's why. At the same time, I'm never going to be a guy who criticizes an offensive coordinator. I don't think ever. I mean, I can point. I'll point out. Hey, we probably should have the, our the best weapon, maybe one of the best best weapon in the country, yes. Devontae Parker, at least as a decoy, right? Yeah, you take him off that field and we suck. I, I won't well, say we suck, but the offense is a completely whole different dynamic. No Devontae Parker out there. Well, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I mean, the, this is a completely different Louisville team with Devontae Parker as opposed to what it was without Devontae Parker before. The right? run game is different. I mean, quite honestly. Is it fair to say that if Devontae Parker was on this team, more than likely right now this team would only have one loss? And in, in be in the hunt for being in the playoff? No, I don't know if they'd be in the hunt, but they'd have one loss. Yeah. Um, to Florida State? Yeah. Because that's the game they lost with Devontae Parker. Yeah. they probably win that Clemson game with they had Devontae it's Parker. It's tough to say. I mean, the progression of a true freshman – Quarterback is difficult to quantify. They certainly do not to lose to Virginia. Yeah, they they don't lose to Virginia, so maybe two losses. Clemson's tough. 
Clemson's, but that's that game would have. I mean, to Carolina Steve's point earlier, I guess they won at Notre Dame and they lost at Clemson. Maybe that doesn't show that Clemson's a much tougher atmosphere than Notre Dame. Maybe it shows that one was with Devontae Parker and one was without. They thought they were going to have Devontae Parker back for that Clemson game, and they ended up not having him back for that Clemson game. Mm-hmm. So, and then when they got him back, the next week we started to see things rolling in a completely different direction. Oh, completely different, night and day type yeah. direction. So I'll never be the guy who says Bobby Petrino is not a good play caller. I, I can just dramatically disagree with that. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. I'd love to hear your criticisms of Bobby. I know there's many voices across the city. You want a, you want the criticisms of Bobby right now after a win on the road? After the biggest road win in program history? You want yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll get the calls. I don't think I will, but... You told me you had friends going out of their way to text you before the game was over, right? Yeah. Well, especially once Notre Dame took the lead. Yeah, me too. You know, I, the Facebook feed when Notre Dame took the lead, <laughs> and even even more so when it looked like Notre Dame was going to score at the end of the game, when Louisville had the lead still, of Louisville fans just assuming that this was going to go bad for them. And the, the way that we won was very, I mean, I had a bad feeling in my gut about that overtime. That's what. Well, and I think most people would on the road, right? I did. Yeah, I'm telling you, what, as a Notre Dame fan, I had a bad feeling in my gut in overtime. But you know? it turns out, just all of a sudden, oh no, 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 no overtime, game's over. Right. So it was a very unsettling way that game concluded yesterday. But during the game, maybe it's a product of social media in 2014 or whatever it is, Mike. But I sensed it, and you sensed it, and it was there. A lot of people second-guessing Bobby Petrino as a play caller on offense. Okay, let's throw out these scenarios right here. Kentucky wins on, on Saturday. Okay, I'm going to give it a 15% chance that Kentucky wins. Okay, they teams play 10 times. Kentucky wins one. I'm cool with that. Possibly two. Um, what happens, what is the reaction by the Louisville fan base if Kentucky pulls out a win who Kentucky's looked terrible on the road the entire year. Yeah. And with the exception of the Florida game. I don't know. That's a great question. What's the reaction? Finish the year, definitely going to a bowl still. Yeah. Allowing Kentucky to go to a bowl. Yes. <sighs> Finish eight and four, but But eight and four with a like you just put a battery in your mouth kind of taste. Yeah. Like you just woke up and you had a hangover from hell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that would be bad. That would be rough. I think. I mean, you at the beginning of the year, you tell me eight and four, I'll take it. You tell me Will Gardner's not going to be a Heisman candidate, which let's not forget, there were people saying that. <laughs> right? There were, yeah. but It um, was a minority. Yeah. But, but a lot of people had high, very high expectations for the traditional passer with the big arm and Will Gardner in the supposed perfect marriage with Bobby Petrino's offense. And if you were to tell me, Will Gardner, he's not that guy. You're going to rely on a true freshman quarterback. And if Louis- but you can go 8-4. and four. If Louisville's an 8-4 and four team and Kentucky's a 6-6 six and six team, who had the more successful year? What's the disparity between their strength of schedule? I think they're actually pretty even. Um, yeah, that's the question. Because record then would be... But given where Kentucky was coming from, Two and ten. Yeah, versus the line, versus expectations. Who had the more successful year versus expectations? 
Yeah, but certainly Kentucky would. Yeah, I mean, but it still wouldn't feel that. Well, I don't know. If they beat Louisville. But Louisville overall would have had the better season. Oh, no question about that. I mean, But I understand what you're saying. Uh, the, many Louisville fans thought we were going to go 11-1, and 10-2. and two. Forgive me if I say, yeah, I had m- multiple people that I know who thought we very likely would go undefeated. Um, so you're right. The expectations have been all over the place. It's been a roller coaster this year. But with that win yesterday, myself as a Cards fan, this is a, a on the verge of being a very successful inaugural year in the ACC. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you get, you still um, – well, when was this post? Oh, this is, uh, this is old. Okay. I was looking at uh, – uh, Football strength of schedule thing, and this was back in April, and they put Kentucky's strength of schedule as sixth in the country. So, um, and then Louisville's was anyway. I'm still looking for it's pretty far down there. Um, the when you think about it though, how important this game is for both programs from that standpoint. If it goes the other way and Kentucky loses, and let's just say that the Kentucky blowout happens, the, which I would put a blowout that Louisville blows out Kentucky. At a thirty-five percent chance, okay. Um, if Louisville blows Kentucky out, then we have these the feeling, okay, what the Kentucky fan base now to complete Kami totally loses interest. You probably, but if you win, then there's a big upside there. There's a huge upside. For- Louisville's riding high; still has the chance at the Orange Bowl. You know, it. There's a lot riding on this football game. No question about it. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now where we have our man Brandon J. Lawrence on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brandon? Who's this? Hey, what's up, Kelly, man? What's happening, Mike? What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Hey, man, I heard y'all talking about the game. And uh, it was like, I mean, was that spectacular or what, man? That was an awesome game yesterday. For Louisville to go down to South Bend, touch down Jesus, um, all, you know, Rudy, uh, everybody, man. It was great. It was great. One of the best college football games of the year. I mean, it was. It was one of the best college football games of the year. Went right oh, down. yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, yeah. It was the weather. Um, every, I mean, it was to me, I'm, to compare, that was like a, Kind of like a bowl game atmosphere, you know, like a Final Four atmosphere type of thing. Everybody was legitimately excited, and um, you know, it wasn't. I don't think it was one of those Cinderella type things. I think that I think Louisville's, you know, well, they've been a legitimate program for a minute, but they're like on the map, man. They're on the map. Yeah, I mean, that is a football powerhouse. I definitely, for this year, think this was a signature win for the Louisville football team to go out there to go to Notre Dame and get this win. And uh, but I mean, let's. It was basically Las Vegas basically has a coin flip. I mean, if Notre Dame's a three point favorite, they basically get that for the home field advantage, meaning that these two teams in Las Vegas' mind, these two teams were fairly even. So, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but it was just I, I don't know, man. I don't know, Mike. I don't know what the feeling you got, man. But uh, Kelly, it was like you, I think I, you kind of throw the stuff out of the window. I mean, Louisville was was higher ranked. But, I mean, you know, flip-flop three weeks ago, Notre Dame's number 18 in the country, undefeated. So, you know, it's like, and it was senior night. It was crazy, man. It was just, I'm not a huge Louisville fan, but, you know, I, you got to give respect, man. I give, give respect to that, 
you know, freshman quarterback, all those guys going out there just rallying and doing it. What's what's Kentucky got to do next Saturday to give themselves a chance? Uh, bring uh, bring some Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Ebola. Well, I mean, the number yeah. one thing is obviously Kentucky cannot <laughs> Kentucky cannot shoot themselves in the foot. They can't throw. They cannot turn the ball over. You know, tolls can't be throwing picks, and uh, they have to make sure that. And they can't go three and out. You know, I, they have to be able to put some sort of drives together. And uh, and that's the worry for me. This little defense is looking pretty stout. You know, turnovers yeah. and going three and out where the. You know the defense is constantly on the field. It would be my biggest worry as a Kentucky fan right now. Yeah, I mean they got to score first, Mike. They got to score a touchdown first. You know they gotta, they got to take the to as much as they can. Let me start. Well, you know the obvious stuff. Uh, time of possession. They've got to own it. They got to run the ball. And, and it just you know it's one of those things. You're gonna have to do everything that Louisville hasn't allowed to be done. I mean, you know, you got to think, man, Louisville's coming back. They've won, they won games going away. They won them coming, coming back. Um, yeah, they've done it all types of ways this year. And Kentucky's just, I mean, you know, maybe the bye week will help them out, but I don't see it, man. I think, you know me, I've, I've been saying five stoops all year long, man. I think this, this should be his farewell game. If he loses this game, he should be out of there, man. Uh, that's it's hard after two years and three contract extensions to get rid of the guy all of a sudden. But uh, the uh, I, don't, I definitely don't. I mean, I you know there there is a lot to me riding on this thing, and um, you know I, yeah. I I don't know. I just uh, I, hopefully they can pull together after the bye week. I would have said that Louisville coming off such a high win would work in Kentucky's favor the next the next week. You know maybe that we can get a little bit of a letdown from Louisville. Um, but the way they ran the ball, really, because Kentucky couldn't stop, you know, probably Atherton from running the ball, uh, the way they've been looking this year, you know. And, and to me, that was Bobby Petrino's message. You know, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to run it effectively, and we're going to, I mean, that's going to be a a major concern for Kentucky because now Kentucky's got to worry about stopping the run. And if you stop the run, that means you're probably leaving Devontae Parker for more of an opportunity for big targets. Oh wow, man! I mean, I, I, I mean, I know you have talked about it, but how this kid, man, if he would have had a full season, you got he, he'd have to be up there. He'd have to be the Belichick uh, winner. He'd have to be like the best receiver in the country. Over, I mean, I have, even that kid from Alabama's not better, man. You really like him more than Cooper at Alabama? Uh, Cooper at Alabama. To me, it's between uh, those two, though. It's definitely between those uh, two. You said, you said, oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. I mean, this kid, you know, Parker is just like, he just, when you see him walk on the field, he's just got that, I don't know, he's, he's just, it's just something about him that, you know, he demands attention, and, and obviously when he plays, you know, he just shows that how, he's a game, he's a difference maker, legitimate difference maker. All right, let me uh, switch switch gears real quick on you. Tonight, Dallas goes to the Giants. Is it a trap game for your Cowboys? Oh, it can't be a trap game, man. You got to get to 8-3. Um, I just think, I mean, you know, we, you got to think, we, uh, Eli's good for at least three picks. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's got, you talking about dead in the water, man. The Oh, wow. The Giants is just, whew, they went from, I don't know, all city 
to all, I don't know, man. It's horrible. So if the Cowboys lose tonight, then it's just a shame. It's a doggone shame if they lose tonight. It's a, but this is, you know, to me, it would be a, a game, you know, in at New York. A, a history, yeah. It's it's somewhat of a rivalry, right? So, um, you know, it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. It would be tonight on NBC, Dallas and the Giants. So there we go. We got a good game. So, all right, Brandon, thanks for calling, buddy. Hey man, y'all have a hey, have a good week, man. I hope uh, I hope it's a great game with the cats and the cards. Hey, I, hey, eat a lot of turkey, man. man. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. I'm excited about Thanksgiving football because my Niners and the Seahawks that night on NBC, Thanksgiving night, will be just incredible. Uh, by the way, according to the Sagarin ratings, strength of schedule, uh, Louisville has the 52nd toughest schedule in America, and Kentucky has the 11th toughest schedule in football. Wow. So, um, And by the way, the Sagarin ratings hates Florida State. They got Florida State ranked 16th in the country. But Louisville's number one in basketball. We're going to head to a break here. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. I got something that tells me what it's all about. I got soul. And I'm so- all right, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Indoffo here with Kelly Patrick. This is our final segment, final half hour of the show. been an action-packed show, Kelly. It's been pretty awesome. Lots of caller interactions, and we're going to go straight to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 384-1450. And we're going to hit Neil. Neil, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, it's going pretty well. What did you, uh, you think of the U of L Notre Dame game yesterday? Uh, it was an awesome experience to, to watch it on TV. I wish I could have been there. But uh, uh, the uh, it was kind of a – always, I've always loved Notre Dame as well. So a little bittersweet because I hate to see Notre Dame lose. But uh, um, in regards to – Criticizing some of the uh, play calling, I kind of think you know Petrino is great during uh, during the game, but sometimes during the crucial situations, it seems like he kind of gets um, tight. Sure, that, that, that's tough to debate. I, you know, a lot of times, Petino has similar criticisms. Is that though? A... Inbounds passes, right? St- different things like that, that. That certain coaches, I would argue. No coach out there, and correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, doesn't have some kind of a we- doesn't have some kind of a weakness. That's you're right. That's probably Bobby's weakness. What play yesterday upset you the most? Yeah, I mean during yeah during the opening drives and stuff like that, he does really good. But when he in the, when he has a lead, he does well. But during the, during that short yardage situation when the when Notre Dame came out there and um, kind of you know tightened up the score a little bit, uh, just some of those play calls. Um, just didn't didn't seem well you know well thought out to me, but you know. <clears throat> I wonder if that's more of a a product of him knowing that he's got certain holes, and that he's managing not giving up a big play to Notre Dame and completely swing the momentum one way as opposed to right. he doesn't just doesn't feel like he's got what he needs to go for the jugular. I mean, again, freshman quarterback in a at Notre Dame and. You have one stud on offense, and then Brandon Rackle's playing well, but, but you, you know the, the quarterback's got to be able to get the ball to Devontae Parker. And a huge mis- if, if there's a huge mistake at that point in the game, you know, then you're – and then he did the same thing against Florida State, if you remember, which kind of led to Florida yeah. State's uh, – you know, he ran, yeah. ran the ball, which I think most coaches in that situation would have ran the ball when it was like third and 15 at the 12-yard line or whatever it was. 
and basically set up to give his punter a little more room. But he was managing against Florida State getting a big play or Notre Dame getting a big play to yeah. prevent the complete and total change of momentum that could have happened. And uh, is that the yeah. correct way to coach? I don't know. I think it has more to do with uh, to say about the weapons he has available right now and how comfortable he feels with those yeah. weapons. What do you think, Kel? Yeah. Well, you know, overall, overall for the season, I give I give it a B plus or an A overall. I mean, I, I think we've done um, just about all we can do uh, with the you know coaching transition and stuff like that. So you know, whatever happens next week, obviously we want the we'd like to get the victory over UK, but uh, uh, but I like. Uh, I like I like where we're going. I think in the you know next year um, looks very promising as well. So that's all I had to say, man. I just wanted to call in and say give my two cents. Thank, thank you very much for Keep the call, Neil. Keep calling, Neil. All right, man. So another first time caller right there, Neil calling in, man. You know this is this is good. I love the fan interaction. I, we got to be probably the number one show Sunday mornings out there for local. You know, first opportunity to break it all down. No, no question about it. Yeah, we, we're consistent. We're here every Sunday. Yeah. Every once in a while, one of us will miss a Sunday, but we're, for the most and part, here every Sunday. Every once in a while, Kelly and I get a chance to do a weekday show. We were on Friday, had a great show Friday, and uh, you know we'll make sure that we get that word out through social media and stuff when we're when we're on uh, in the afternoons on, on during the week. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So we cover the stuff that people want to hear. We also cover other sports, and we encourage guys like Carolina Steve to call in and talk about his NASCAR or the truth to call in and talk about his Hoosiers. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on the NASCAR, but they had their last race. Okay. I right now could not tell you who won the NASCAR championship. Could you tell I, me who won the NASCAR? Championship? I know it's not Jimmy Johnson, and it's not well, um, just because I know he wasn't in the Final Four. I think I know who it was. Damn, was it Kevin Harvick? I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. But the fact of the matter is, NASCAR is getting more publicity for what's going on out off the track in their fights than even who won their freaking championship. I love it. So you know, well, let's go on to basketball. All right. So we had uh, we had both teams played Friday night. I'd say both teams looked fairly lackluster. Look, wait, sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, I nailed it. <laughs> Kevin Harvick, go ahead and pat you. myself on the back there. <laughs> uh, during near the end of Kevin Harvick's first news conference as the 2014 NASCAR Sprint Sprint Cup champion. Good job, Kelly. There, All right, there you go. Awesome. You can go on with basketball. What do you think of? Uh, I mean, both teams looked kind of lackluster. And their performances Friday night. Louisville ended up pulling out a pretty easy win, so did Kentucky. But, I mean, that game for Kentucky, the, it was close in the second half. It is interesting, and we talked about it during the break earlier, Mike. It's interesting that Kentucky seemingly plays up to its competition. Without a doubt. You know, and then all of a sudden they decided to turn it on, and they now they got a game tonight where they should – I mean, Montana State is one of the worst teams in Division One basketball, okay? This is not a good team <laughs> at all. And then they play UT Arlington and, 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 uh, on Tuesday to get ready for Providence next week. wonder what the line is on that game tonight. I, I don't even know if there is one because it's just... It's Which, what should it be? 30. Okay. I mean, this uh, Montana State team um, is, is terrible. So, um, I, I do want to see, and this kind of goes to the Florida State talk. You know, I want to see them come out and just and and really take control and play their brand of basketball the entire time. You know, and I'm and I don't know if that's the platoon thing or not. We saw Cal Poythers didn't play on Monday, on Friday, so Cal inserted Dominic Hawkins in the starting lineup. Dominic Hawkins had his career high with seven points, had a great alley dunk at the end of the game. Thought played really well. 
he's, he mixed up the platoons a little bit. He still stuck with the platoons, but then he kind of had different guys playing with different uh, with other guys. Um, just I guess really kind of get a feel. They ended up winning by twenty four, but it was uh, I think like it was forty five forty three at one point, you know. And uh, obviously, I think when this Kentucky team wants to turn it on, they can turn it on. I don't think that's a something you want to go in though against North Carolina or Texas or UCLA or Louisville and play, you know, so so and then uh not maybe be off and then uh and you all of a sudden can't pull it together. The the playing down to a level of competition for two thirds of the game is a concern so far for me. I can see where it's a concern at this point. Um It's early though. It's very, very early. I mean, on a national level, people aren't even paying attention to college basketball at all. No, not at all. They aren't, are they? No. I mean, it with, doesn't move the needle yet. With the exception of the... Here. Of, well, and the, I think what away. happened with Duke and Michigan State and Kentucky and Kansas on Tuesday night. With, yeah, you know. I mean, people who love college basketball watch that. Right. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Kentucky does with this. Are you tuned into basketball at all right now? Or is it Louisville's schedule been so... You know, eh, so far that you just I'm really tuned not in, watching. but not 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 entire. I mean, I'm watching the games. Yeah, I'm watching the games, but no, I'm not completely. There's so much yet to come, right? I mean, there's so much that is tough to tell from right now. I mean, you like to see, for example, for Louisville, you like to see the progression of the big guys. That's important. That's huge, huge for this team. You like to, or you don't like to see that they're relying on a guy like David Levitch. Yeah, and which is. Bizarre. Which is interesting to me. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So Quentin Snyder plays two minutes against Marshall. Okay. Um, Anton Gill plays six. Uh, Levich plays fifteen. Is Patino sending, trying to send a message to those two? You know, to get things squared away on the defensive end. I think both those guys can play on the offensive end. Um, I don't. Do you think Levich is a defensive stopper? No, but I think he knows. He's going to get what he's going to get out of Levich. Like, the ceiling's not that – it's fairly low. And I think it's more about motivating – it's not whether Quentin is better or Anton's better than the David Levich. It's more about motivating Quentin or, and or Anton to get to the point that they need to get to so that they can be contributors when they need to be in January and February. I mean, we've Rick plays these mind games – all the time with these kids until until late January when all of a sudden this what he wants tends to work out and they have these unbelievable runs in February, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's thinking about February now playing these games. He certainly is. You look at a, a regular old Rick Pitino season, which I'll kind of take two years out of it, two years ago when they won the title. That's, to me, not so much a regular season because they went into it with such high expectations, didn't they? Yeah, they 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 had a, just a star-studded returning cast and everything. But they still had a little stretch there in January where it was kind of questionable, right? Yeah, a little. weren't they the first Very team minimal. to win a national championship with that lost three games in a row or something like that? I think so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, three years ago they lost to South Florida on Senior Night, right? And that was as low of lows as imaginable. Yeah. And then they went on this run and ended up in the Final Four. Rick Pitino looks at his seasons is similar to a way that maybe an artist looks at a canvas. He tries to predict and anticipate and induce these extreme lows, doesn't he? Yeah. He wants them to do progress here and there, and then he wants them to peak a little bit early in the season and then just crash. Hit almost at rock bottom, right? Yeah, and then he wants them to just rubber band just back right back up. 
And I think that's like if you bounce a tennis ball, mm-hmm. and the further it drops, the higher it's going to bounce, right? Mm-hmm. And as long as you have that confidence in your team that they're going to bounce, if you have confidence in the tennis ball, yeah, then it's going to be then that's not a bad um, it's the, scenario of doing. And it's worked for him. It it's worked, it's for, worked him. for him. It worked for him at Kentucky. Comeback cats. Yep. Right. Not too different from what Jameis Winston and the Seminoles are doing, is it? It's really not. And in a lot of ways. So is Jimbo Fisher and Rick Pitino, are they uh, they have similar mindsets, you think? No, I don't think Jimbo Jimbo Fisher right now is enabling his superstar. And I don't think Rick would do that the way that Jimbo's doing it. Rick would Rick, Rick is would much hold, more of a hard Rick ass. would hold his guys accountable, and I'm not sure that's happening at Florida State. That's Rick, the Rick is thing. much more of a football coach than Jimbo Fisher Jimbo <laughs> Fisher is. Yeah, in some ways. So my biggest concern for a Louisville fan right now is, hey, first off, Mango came off, 11 rebounds. That's exactly what you want of him off the bench. And uh, eventually he should replace Shinani as a starter. I think that's another message that Rick is trying to is trying to push Mango. The shooting percentage from that Marshall game would be a concern. Three for 22 from three-point range. They need to shoot it. It's hitting three-pointers for this UofL team pretty critical to be able to at least shoot at, a, at around a 30% clip. Sure. Um, 63.6% the free throw line, not great, especially if you're going to get to the line 44 times in a game. You've got to be able to shoot. That's not a terrible percentage, but you've got to be closer to 70, I would think. And then if you, uh, and if you look at overall shooting 27 out of 70, you know you want that number more in the mid-40s, I would think, too, for a little fan. Against a team that you were playing you know, in Marshall, uh, they need to be – they need to shoot the ball a little bit better. And then we still only had seven guys play double-digit minutes. You know, Mango played 24 minutes and Levich. Levich is one of those seven guys that played double-digit minutes. So the depth there and how important it is to get Shaquan Aaron back is just those are the things that are staring Louisville basketball to me right in the face. What's his name? Shinanu? Shinanu Onowaku. Shinanu? Yes. Shinanu. Only one who shot the ball well, really. Shinanu has looked good. Are you concerned that Montrez and Shinani they'll pick up four fouls against a team like Marshall? And if it's a better team that they're, you know, and they're probably going to be, Montrez picks up four fouls in 24 minutes. Okay? He cannot afford to get in foul trouble. Shinani picks up four fouls in 24 minutes. Those two guys, uh, uh, and actually, uh, you know, those two guys definitely cannot afford to be playing the foul uh, game because, they got to be on the floor. You have three guys. Two of the three have to be on the floor at all time between Shinanu, Montrez, and Mango. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, who else is in the running? Unless you have Blackshear play the four. Mahmoud. Yeah. You, you have to. Those three guys are, are, are key. I mean, you don't see Matt Stockman coming in and doing anything. Well, Stockman's redshirt. I don't think you're going to see him at all this year. So. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the answer is, well, what happened to what's his name? Um, the other big guy. Anas Muhammad. No. The guy who played in the Derby Classic. Jalen Johnson? No, the big guy. That's Shinani. Nope. He played last year for Louisville. Uh, oh, Akoi, a gal. Yeah. Yeah. Where is he on this box score? You know, I, and I don't know for sure. I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's still trying to get back in shape because he was out late in the, in the preseason with that uh, sports hernia surgery. And I know he's back playing, but he didn't play at all. In so, a blowout, so you got to wonder what's going on there. You would think that he would be one of the guys contributing right now, right? 
if yeah, you were healthy. You would, you would think so. And now he's a guy who was defensively challenged as well. More, a little slow. A little, a little slow, a little, more polished on the offensive end. So, um, yeah, but you would hope that Akoi would be uh, getting a little bit more of a look. But maybe he's got to kind of pick it back up and just and, and get better, you know, physically. So you mentioned Shinadu, uh, Montrez, and Mango. Okay, those are the three big guys Louisville's got. Right now. They need a Koi Gal to come back if they want to have a fourth. They need a fourth guy. And, and then, where else is that coming? They don't just it, pop either, out of nowhere. It's either got to be a Koi, a Nas, or uh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson, a post player? He can play the four. and okay. But again, he didn't play at all against Marshall. You know, Dylan Avar played against Marshall, but Akoy and Jalen Johnson did not. Trent Gilbert still got minutes. So, I, you know, Anas did play um, for two minutes. I mean, he got into the garbage time. Uh, Had a rebound and a foul. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, the mind games he's playing there, though, you, don't, you really don't know what we he's don't, going We for. don't. You're right. You're 100% right. We don't know what's going on. And anybody who's ever read too much into... Rick, at this stage of the season, or even two months from now, you get burnt. Yeah. You can't. Right. You can't. I mean, it, it's just Rick Pitino. That's who we got. That's our head coach. I don't think I'd take anyone over him. But in comparison, okay, because Kentucky's got a lot more size, so you would assume that Kentucky's around the basket getting to the free throw line more, right? Against Boston, Kentucky gets to the line um, a total of 23 times. Louisville got to the line 44 times. Wow. So that's that's a big disparity. I mean, Kentucky's not shooting the free throws well either. 13 for 23 is terrible, but they shot it better. 8 for 21 from three-point range, and then they shot overall, they shot 57% for the game um, total. So, you know, to me, that's more on their defensive end and not, not challenging and blocking shots. If you have 11 shots against Kansas, you should have double-digit blocks against Boston. That's... Sorry to cut you off there, Mike. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 with all your personal injury law needs or questions. Brandon and his staff would be more than happy to speak with you and see if they can give you some good advice. Are you ready to make picks? I. That's what I was going for, is we need to get on this NFL stuff. It is Sunday. It is Sunday, so let's start with our Fox 1 o'clock game here locally. Detroit is going to New England, and New England is right now a 7.5-point favorite. Uh, we're hopefully going to get Ashley's picks before 1 o'clock, so hopefully Ashley texts in. We'll have to maybe send her We'll send her a text to, to do that. I, I did try to tweet her, but I haven't heard back yet. So, Kelly, Detroit and New England. New England. You're going with New England. Uh, I will take New England on the road as well. All right. Cleve, uh, let's go to the CBS game. Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a 14-point favorite at home. I'm sure you're taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts, but... Not to cover? Yeah, not to cover. Wow, okay. I'm taking the Colts as well. All right, let's get on to the other 1 o'clock games. We have Cleveland at Atlanta. The Falcons are a three-point favorite. A um, lot to play for in this game is Atlanta is the... Barely the leader in the uh, NFC South, the division that might, is probably the worst in football. Um, Cleveland's still very much the running in the uh, in the AFC North, right? So uh, both teams got a lot to play for here. Who you, who do you got in this one? Atlanta, a three point home favorite. I'll do Atlanta. 
I'm taking Atlanta as well. A lot of home favorite favorites today. Tennessee at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a 12-point home favorite. Um, Mark Sanchez getting another start, obviously. I'm taking Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, Green Bay is a nine-point road favorite going to fight to play the fighting Teddy Bridgewaters in Minnesota. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be able to pull off that win. I'm going with Green Bay. Green Bay. All right. Your Bengals are a one-and-a-half-point underdog at Houston. To me, the Bengals need this one. They're going to get it. I'm going with Cincinnati. To me, the Bengals need this one, so they're not going to get it. I'm going with the Texans. Our first discrepancy. Tampa Bay is going to play the Bears. and The Chicago Bears are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, but Tampa Bay is going up north, and I'm taking Chicago on that one. Chicago. All right, now we're going on to the 4 o'clock games. The 4 o'clock game that we're going to have here locally. Miami, who's been playing, to me, uh, a lot better. Uh, going to Denver, uh, where Peyton Manning is a 7-point home favorite. I'm taking I'm taking the Broncos, but to me, this is going to be my upset watch of the week to see if Miami can pull this one out. Come on, if it's your upset watch of the week, then go ahead and pick the upset. I'm taking Denver because i gotta, I'm, you know, I got to hold up the crown. Who are you taking? If if Miami wins, you don't get to say I pick them. I know you don't. Well, let's just make sure that's on record. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the Broncos. All right. Arizona. This is the game of the of the weekend, if you ask me. Arizona at Seattle. The Seahawks are a seven point favorite at home. Arizona's still not getting respect. I'm taking the Cardinals. Wow. What's the line? Seven. Seattle's a seven point favorite. I'm taking Seattle. I'm going to beat you this week. <laughs> right? Maybe. I mean, this is good, looking good for me right now. St. Louis at San Diego. Uh, the surprising Rams can sneak up and get a win all the time. San Diego is one of those teams that has letdown weeks. San Diego is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Rams. I'll do the Chargers. Oh, man, I want to pick that NFC West team so bad. Eh, what the hell? We'll go with St. Louis. Okay. All right. Uh, then the team from Washington takes on my San Francisco 49ers. The, the Niners are at home in a 10-point favorite. I'm taking the Niners. Niners. Who's the quarterback for the Redskins? I don't know. That's a, Obviously, uh, supposedly, um, RG3 is on, like, basically, this is like his last shot. They're going to make a decision on whether or not he is going to be the quarterback or for the future in Washington or not. Um, Are they mo- more sold on Cousins? Who knows? You know, that that franchise over the last decade has been in such turmoil. Um, and maybe it's, you know, maybe there's like Native American curses put on it. Who knows what's going on there? Because they have not really since the early 90s been able to really pull it together, right? Sounds like a Native American curse to me if I've ever heard one. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, Dallas, four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road to play the New York football Giants. Uh, you know, Cowboys didn't get the win, and then they had the short week playing on uh, Thursday, so I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys. And then uh, the New York Jets at Buffalo. This game was supposed to be played on Sunday, but because of the snow, like we said, in the Buffalo area, they're playing it on Monday night, and they're moving it to Detroit 
it's going to be a weird atmosphere, right? I mean, that you know, do you expect the people from Buffalo to travel to Detroit for this game, or and are they selling? If you're a Buffalo season ticket holder, does your ticket still get you in the game of Detroit? And are they then selling discounted tickets in Detroit for this game? Are they selling to see two pretty? I mean, Buffalo is an average football team, and the Jets are terrible. Are they what? What jerseys are they selling? <laughs> in the stand, in the concessions. You know, Megatron. There's going to be a lot of Megatron jerseys watching this game, right? I'm sure they'll be okay. It's a, a revenue-sharing league, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, it's, it's, a, it's the NFL. They'll be able to accommodate. But it is. I don't remember this happening. Do you? I feel like it has happened where they've gotten delayed, but not where they've changed sites um, yeah, exa- recently. Did it happen with New Orleans at all? Pro- with Katrina? Probably. Yeah. Play in the Georgia Dome, maybe. Yeah, I bet you that did happen. Georgia Dome. Something. I'm not sure where they played, but I'm sure they they had to move it. Um, so, um, the Jets of Buffalo, though. What, like, well, the what's Jets, the line? Buffalo is a two point favorite, but they you lose all type of home field advantage here, right? I mean, it's that's gone. That's out the window. Uh, Buffalo is a better football team, and they're to me, it's a bigger deal that they're playing just to give their city something to cheer for. Um, while they're covered in snow, that's why I'm taking the I'm taking the Bills. I'll go Jets here. I don't think that's out of the question, though. I think that's a, a decent pick. How depressed are you if you're in Buffalo and you're thinking, well, at least we got our Bills, right? And then they just get their ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. I guess it could happen. Michael Vick, right? Speaking of that, um, but of course they this team rose up and and really represented their city in a tough time for sure. Uh, Baltimore is going to New Orleans. New Orleans is a three-point uh, home favorite. Gets a good Baltimore team. You know, again, this is another NFC North, or I'm sorry, AFC North, NFC South showdown of two teams that are definitely in the mix to win those divisions and need wins. I'm going the Saints. Tough to play at night in the, the dome. The dome, and I will agree. I'm going with New Orleans as well. All right, we got our picks in. Hopefully, Ashley will uh, text us or her picks, and uh, we'll see what happens. What what game are you looking forward to the most? I am looking forward to my Bengals making a statement, progressing. If they can win on the road at Houston against J.J. Watt, that would be a big statement. Traditionally, I don't expect them to win this game. Normally, over the past few years, this is the epitome of a game the Bengals will drop. Andy Dalton will throw three or four interceptions to look horrible. Maybe they won't score a point. Well, I mean, it's just going to be interesting because we're going to really start to see this playoff picture start to take, start to manifest, and uh, it's going to go down the wire. It looks like again, and hopefully uh, the Bengals can be right there. And to me, it's more of a thing where um, Marvin Lewis tends to squeak out things he needs to squeak out. Right now they're leading the division by a half game because of that tie. Yeah. The tie is what's making the difference right now. And uh, over the Bing- the Steelers, they got two huge games with the Steelers left left to go in the se- uh in the season, right? And it's just going to be Marvin Lewis does he sneak it out? Does he get this thing where he still gets his team in the playoffs? They lose in the first round, but he still gets to come back. I've been burnt so many times as a lifelong Bengal fan. So many times by this team that I'm hesitant to even give them the chance to sneak back into my heart. But if recent history suggests anything, it's that you get into a role at the end of the season, your defense is playing good, you have a chance at getting hot and making a run in the playoffs. 
All right, well, we got to make one more prediction because this is our last show before the UK UFL game. Oh, it is. All right, so what is your prediction, and I want the score? 42-17 cards. All right, we're actually not that often. I was, I'm Kentucky. I'm, I'm Louisville winning 35-17. to 17. Oh, wow. So we're right there. So that's interesting to me. We want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. You're going to have just tremendous days of watching NFL Thursday. College football starts up on Friday. A great day.